You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Cripple Content Creations and Podcast Jukebox present Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. This is a show that started out only talking about sex and disability. It was a podcast that was dedicated to exploring the ins and outs of sex and disability because we don't talk about that hardly at all. But as the show has grown, I realized that Disability After Dark could shine a light on so many other things about disability we don't talk about, and that was really exciting. So, now, this show is a show that will shine a light on the experience of disability, whether we're talking about sexuality, accessibility, or anything and everything in between. Come shine a bright light on all things disability with me, your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. The podcast shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve, the number one adult toy superstore. They reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark. We love your show. We love what you're doing. And we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes, I do. But what are my awesome listeners going to get if I run ads for you? What are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to AdamEve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store, almost any one item in the store, for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie if you want for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag and you're ready to go, but guess what? This offer also includes 10 free items on top of that that other item. So you get one free item for penis havers, one free item for vulva havers, one free item for couples, and then you also get six free movies from the AdamEve.com website. You can get your favorite porn or an educational film. I love free movies. They're so awesome. This is such a great deal. And then, on top of that, you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer. So, to redeem this great offer, what you're going to do is you're going to go to AdamEve.com. You're going to go to checkout and you're going to type in DarkPod. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout, and you're going to get one item, almost anything in the store, at 50% off, and then you're going to get those 10 free gifts, absolutely free, as part of your offer. This is such a great deal, and this is just for you, Disability After Dark listeners, and I hope you run over to AdamEve.com and take advantage of it right now. Content warning. The language content and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. 
Hello, hello, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. I'm your disabled dick smith, Andrew Gerza, and I'm here to get comfy, cozy, and crippled with you and get this show started. Just a little housekeeping reminder that you still have time upon this the release date of this episode, you have time to send in your hilariously funny, awkward, really strange, really hot, really hilarious sex and disability stories. Tell me about a time that your wheelchair malfunctioned during a blowjob, a time where you ran over your date's foot during sex, a time where your body said, fuck you, you can't do this right now, and something hilarious happened around your disabled body and sexuality. Want to hear those stories? You can send them in for Minnesota 29, which drops December 6th. You can do that by going to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com and sending your story in there. Next little bit of housekeeping that I want to do, I want to thank the people that pledge to this show to keep this show going. And the person that I want to pledge to today their name is simply CC, the two letters CC together, which is cool and badass, and I'm here for it. CC, thank you for pledging one dollar. You are, you are CCing me. Smile right now as you said that. I never said the puns were good, but here they are. Um, if you want to pledge to the show, you can go to patreoncom dark and pledge one dollar a month or five dollars a month. One dollar a month gets you that weird pun that I just did and the show one day early on Wednesday via Patreon, or you can pledge five dollars a month and build a show with me around any topic you want. We'll build a show, we'll do research together, or I'll do the research for you based on the topic you bring to me. It's kind of like a fan pick episode. You can make an episode that I have to do, so cool. And since we're branching out and not just doing sex anymore, you can do a show about anything disability-related, and I will do it. So if you want to talk about access, I'll do a show on that. If you want to talk about... Um, uh, other disability stuff that I can't think of right now. I will do that for you. So, if you want to do that, that's a $5 pledge to that, and I'll build a show around you. But I'm rambling now, but let's get to today's show. On the episode today, I am so excited for you to hear my interview with my friend who's been on the show before, friend of the podcast, Davey Wavy, who does a lot of work on Himeros TV, which is a queer porn kind of empire that he's building. He's a he's a YouTuber as well. I invite him on and his friend queer sexuality coach sexuality coach? Finn Deerhart, who does work with queer men around sexuality and intimacy. And I asked them my favorite question to ask any non disabled person on the on the show, which is what would happen to you to you if you became disabled tomorrow? We talk about all that. We talk about um how their brands would change if they were to become disabled, how their sexuality would change, what they think their partners might do for them. Would their partners douche them out? You'll find out in this interview. Um, All those things. And also, I'm really excited to bring Davey Wavy back on because as the release date of this episode comes on the 28th, I also just filmed my very first porn scene with Himeros.tv. I filmed it with my porn star friend, John Shield, a few weeks ago, and we, you get to see me in all my glory having sex on screen on camera, and I think this is a really important scene we did because it shows a disabled person being really sexual, and I loved doing it, so I wanted to dovetail these two things together. We don't talk about this in the interview because it happened months and months, the interview happened months and months ago, but I'm really excited to bring Debut AV and Finn Deerhart on the show to ask them what happened what what would happen if you became disabled tomorrow and they answer quite a lot so here is my interview with Finn Deerhart and Debbie Wavy right now on a brand new episode of Disability After Dark Davy Wavy and Finn Deerhart hello hey <laughs> I am super excited to have you both on the show today because I emailed you last week 
and I ask you to come on this little mini-series of a Disability After Dark thing that I'm trying out, where I ask a bunch of gay, non-disabled men some fun, introspective questions about disability that they may not have considered before. And so the question that I'm going to be posing to you today is, what do you think would happen if you became disabled tomorrow, and how would your sex life change? But before we get into all of that, Say hello and introduce yourselves. <laughs> so trite after the question. Um, I'm Finn Deerhart and I'm from San Francisco. And I really appreciate you inviting me to be on here. Cool story. And Finn, what do you what do you do? I'm a sex and intimacy coach that specializes in work with gay men. Yeah. I help gay men to have better um, better sex, more uh, deep relationships and authentic connections in their lives. Awesome. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm Davey Wavy, and I have a uh, erotic website called Himeros.tv, which is um, it's a bunch of really hot, juicy videos that are designed to help gay men have the best sex of their lives. Uh, so I produce all that content, and I also make some YouTube videos. And yeah, and we also talk about sex there. So it's all sex all the time. Amazing. I mean, and then, you know, there's me. I'm just, you know, your average disabled gay guy with a big dick. And that's, here I am. Um, uh, so, hello. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming on and for willing to sit with me and have this conversation. Because I remember when I approached a couple people, like they're all, everyone's so excited to do it. But they're like, oh, that's a, it's a tough, that's a question that I never considered. And how, I don't know how to feel about that. So, I'm curious, when I posed the question to both of you when I sent you that email, did you both have, like, thoughts about it, feelings, fears, trepidations? Well, it it also, I, I think I just go to a place of, like, practicality of, like, you know, I live in Palm Springs and I live in, and I live in Rhode Island. And neither place that I live in, especially the place I'm in right now in Palm Springs, is, like, particularly accessible. Um... I'm on the second floor. There's no like, there's no elevator, and like, there's just very fundamental things in my life that would have to that would have to shift, um, including you know where I call home, and and so I immediately kind of went to the like logistical place of like the changes that I'm going to need to make. But it also depends what type of of disability we're, we're talking about. So, do you have like clarification around about that? Yeah, I mean, I mean. Again, my own biases made me think, like, let's pretend we're all wheelchair users. Let's pretend like Mm -hmm. that's what we're talking about. Obviously, I know from doing this podcast and working in disability that disability is is a far greater spectrum than just that. But I was thinking, let's pretend that they were both wheelchair users. That's where my brain was going. We can totally think about invisible Mm -hmm. disabilities and non-visible disabilities as well because those are real. Like, especially in our community, mental health Mm -hmm. is a big thing we don't really... We don't talk about it in the gay world enough, but it, that is, I would consider that part of disability community stuff. And if we open that up, we can definitely look at that. But my first thought was, let's say wheelchair user. Yeah, well, then I'm moving. <laughs> I'm gonna have to find a new, <laughs> a new, a new because <laughs> that's not. It just, it wouldn't be feasible here, you know. Yeah, and so, uh, Finn, what about you? Um, yeah, you know, I, when I got that email question from you, the first thing I started thinking about was how, well, for one thing, we don't know what we don't know. Um, and we get really hung up on a lot of stuff in our lives in many different ways, like an identity and what that means to us and how our identities are, like they infuse our daily roles. And I started thinking about, you know, I coach guys a lot and I, I help men, who are struggling with a lot of stuff, you know, their sex with their boyfriends or maybe just like dating and, and the things that they're worried about and the things that I'm worried about and, and like body shame and stuff that impacts everybody in some kind of way. And then if I were to be suddenly in an experience where I couldn't relate to the identity that I already built around myself and my whole life and like the things that I think are so important about my body and, and all these things, you know, I wouldn't be able to relate to them. It would just, it'd be almost like this collapse of an identity maybe. And, um, at the same time, I feel like it touches on, um, 
the essence of what I really believe and that is that sexuality is not something that's just like um, prescriptive and that, you know, I'd still want to be sexual. I'd still want to express who I was. I'd want my feelings to be expressed sexually. So I'd have to start over and rebuild an identity and what that meant. And so let, like, let's let's kind of piggyback off that question. So rebuilding, like, let's say that tomorrow you both of you wake up and for some reason... I don't, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give a medical reason because I don't want to pretend like that's it's flippant. But let's just say for a minute you woke up and you were both wheelchair users. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So mm-hmm. both of you have built brands, and I've I've done my research on both of you and Davey. I've we've hung out, so like I know really full well what your brand is, and they're both of them are really sexual and really like super open and supportive, which is great. But they're also because of your experiences, they're also really. They're also really able-bodied. I don't, and I don't think I don't mean that it's like you haven't considered disability. I just mean because you're both able-bodied, they are. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. how do you think? How do both of you think that your brands would have to change to accommodate mm. disability, or could they? Well, it's it's interesting because you know Finn was talking about his own identity and and his experience with that and how that might change. I was thinking. I mean, to your question, how other people are going to relate to like who I am in this kind of uh, new way and 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 what that's going to mean. and and I guess the um, what I'm going to encounter as a result of that. Uh, and yeah, there's a there's a brand side of it. There's also like a personal like grinder side of it. Like yeah. when I sign on to grinder, mm-hmm. like, uh, like even in my current situation, like being able-bodied, like it's fucking exhausting um, going through the process of grinder and meeting guys and and having someone come over. And Andrew, I know from talking to you, um, you've talked to me about how you basically storyboard your hookups um, that you want to give people a sense of of what to expect and and to walk through it. And like it, that adds a whole nother dimension of time and energy yeah. and effort. And it just is fucking exhausting, you know. Like that's just that, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's something so, that storyboarding is something. Now that I work, you know, predominantly with sex workers, I don't have to do that so much anymore because I work with regulars who I trust and know and and feel mm-hmm. safe with. So I don't necessarily have to be like, okay, here's what needs to go. And we've I've trained them super well into what I need done. So that we're, there's a comfort level there, but but if I'm if I'm gonna meet a two a.m. hookup off grinder, I have to prepare myself mentally like an hour and a half before to like figure out okay they're coming over I gotta be ready for their basically I have to prepare myself for their ableist bullshit that they're gonna say and don't mean to so yeah it can be it's it can be exhausting for sure and I think if you were to encounter disability tomorrow, trying to access grinder would be exhausting times a million because how do you, <laughs> you would just not be prepared for the ridiculous things people say mm-hmm. right and and also like i enjoy getting fucked right like i i enjoy the experience of like a dick up my ass <laughs> and, i'm like, so shocked i never would have guessed mm-hmm. <laughs> and and you know like when when we've been working on projects in the past and, and with other folks, you know, and, and that have had um, people helping them out, I've I've asked you about douching. Like, can you ask one of your helpers to 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 douche? And you were like, absolutely not. No like, way. I, that is not happening. Yeah. Um, and I just can't. I I would love to. I w- I wish that I could. And I also and you can't ask your hookup to be like, hey, before you go down there, do you think you could? Like that's it's not that's not a sexy thing you can. <laughs> can bring to the table so like i think that i just think for you like the way the way you've just described me then how you like to have sex i think that would have to totally be shifted i think you'd have to really you do a lot of stuff on him that's about like finding you know finding what makes you what turns you on and finding your like tantric sexy sexy stuff and you do a lot of stuff that way so i think you'd have Mm -hmm. to really hone in on that more and i think him could still be viable it would just be a lot more about how do i get myself off in my mind versus like mm-hmm. getting fucking mm-hmm. ass mm-hmm. yeah and, and to be fair a lot of 
him roast as much as I say it's it's created for the audience. A lot of it is reflective of my own journey, and um, and I and I do think if I suddenly had a disability, like I create content about the things I'm passionate about and the things that I'm experiencing, it probably would change the way that um, that we create content moving forward and what the topics are. Oh and yeah, what the themes I think are. I think your content would because even with your YouTube stuff before him roast, like you were doing some pretty like like physical sexy racy stuff for youtube that if you were a wheelchair user would totally could still be super hot but would have to change a lot and would have to totally shift i think too yeah yeah for sure um also though i i think with with the bottoming i i mean obviously with with hookups you're not gonna ask a hookup to come over and and, and douche <laughs> you it's not like i mean listen doesn't really... if somebody wants to get come over and douche me out and that's your <clears> thing <throat> i'm there for that let me know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Go ahead. To your, well, I was gonna say to your question about how my word might change. I I've been thinking about that since you asked that. Um, you know, it's like I was saying, we don't know what we don't know, and I I think it would be it's almost impossible probably for me to conceptualize what I would have to change um, because my life experience would have to teach me and. Um, I think that's one of the, the valuable things about me um, being able to to meet people like yourself is like hearing people's experiences and showing me the amount of what I don't know. And I I think that I would definitely whatever whatever happened um, in my work it would still reflect where I was at somehow. Like I've always been really intent on whatever I was going through in my life. My work was kind of an extension of that. So I would find a way I think to adapt my work. I just in this moment I don't know how I could even. Um, conceptualize what that would be well because like I, I looked on your website and some of the then some of the branding you have on the with the stuff you do and like there's the picture of the two guys at the beach like hanging mm-hmm. out and then there's the picture of you doing the handstands and all those things i was looking at right now being like okay so that would shift they wouldn't be at the beach they'd have to be over here they'd have right. to like go to a place that wasn't full of sand they'd have to go to somewhere that was a little bit more accessible they like that whole position wouldn't be possible because i was looking at all of the stuff you do trying to trying to make it like how would a wheelchair user fit into this and I, I did it like 10 minutes ago before we got on the call just to see, just mm-hmm. to like visualize what it would look like. And I think a lot of the stuff would have to change. The one where you're doing mm-hmm. the, the picture in, on your website, findyheart.com, where you're doing the, 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 hand, handstand. the handstand. Yeah, would, I mean, that might actually be possible if I know some wheelchair users who have really good core strength who could do that. It's terrifying, mm-hmm. but it's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you. And I mean, for one thing, because the, the pictures, it's, you know, like communicating a certain kind of sense of freedom. So I'd want to communicate that in some other way somehow, you know, and I don't, what would you, like, I mean, I what would, would, you, what would I, you suggest to, I would picture like, even, even just for your branding generally right now, I mm-hmm. would, I would, or I would suggest like maybe hiring a wheelchair user to take some pictures of them making out with a dude. Or like mm-hmm. at a place where things are happening, just so that when you're doing the work with, you know, gay men, they can go on your website and see that you've mm-hmm. tried to include that diversity where possible, and be like, look, yes, this is because I think, unfortunately, because of our, because our community is so sex heavy, everyone knows when you're branding stuff around gay men, that those images will get you the clicks, which is totally makes sense for like, in a in a branding way that totally makes sense. And it's so hard to find a way to bring disability into that world that is sexy and not like, oh, wow, there's a guy in a chair. Like, let's make it all about right. that. So I think. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I also think, too, it's like reflective of like kind of what I was mentioning around, you know, being hung up about the body and what that's supposed to be like. And, um, you know, kind of the, the current branding and like what what is a sexy body and all those kind of questions. It just kind of shows the the imprinting that I have received in that space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the questions that I also want to ask you both is, okay, so you're disabled. We, okay. we, we know that we know that Davey would have to reconsider how he gets fucked with the ass. Yes. <laughs> but, but in other ways, how do you think your sexuality would change if you were to become a wheelchair user tomorrow? Well, <clears throat> you know, I guess again, it's 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 challenging to know what I what I haven't experienced, but I would say I would imagine that my eroticism would evolve somewhat and would probably start to 
incorporate new desires that I haven't currently desired, but certain things I would still really want to do. Like I, <laughs> I might like really lean more heavily into sucking cock. Um, it's pretty I think great. If I, it's pretty. If it's, I think if I had to give up getting fucked in the ass or sucking dick, I, I it's a hard one. But I think I might give up getting fucked um, over sucking dick. I think I'd be sad if I couldn't suck dick again. Sucking dick is pretty great and pretty much a really accessible sex act to do because mm. basically I I can lie on my back and have a dude put his dick in my mouth and I don't have to do anything. It's actually super accessible. I don't have mm-hmm. to do much except breathe and I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and also you could like eat, eat ass. <laughs> just plant your plant your face in an ass and just like go mm-hmm. to town with that. It's, it's so much of the porn that we watch. It like the only currency of sex that they depict is like is is someone getting fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there would be this opportunity to really explore and experience the hundreds of other ways to connect uh, connect with a guy. I, I also think though, like um, I, I mean, I was thinking I have a boyfriend, um, Finn. You know, you do too, and. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's also like a power dynamic that can kind of come into play that like, um, you know, like I think that, I mean, there's an assumption, right. That like our boyfriends would still stay with us Mm -hmm. and they went into a relationship with someone that was able-bodied. And then, you know, if you're in a chair, it's going to mean changes. Like there's going to be a lot of implications there. Mm Mm-hmm. And like, would would our boyfriends be okay with that? You know, like, the, I I, good, uh, I don't know your partner, so I don't want to say yes or no. But but probably <laughs> realistically, they would have some issues with it. And I right. think I think that it, that those issues are healthy. And I think they I would hope they would stay with you and talk them through because there's mm-hmm. this there's this belief that if you become disabled, that the person has to stay with you because they have to help you power through this mm-hmm. horrible tragic moment in your life. Which, I have talked to a lot of people who are paralyzed, and Davey, you've talked to, well, I'm thinking about Kenneth, you've talked to Kenneth too, and like, the, it's not always a tragedy, like, it's not tragic all the time. It can be a tough thing they went through, but I know people who've been paralyzed who, are, who have great lives now, who are doing mm-hmm. amazing things because they're disabled, and they're able to thrive from that. So I think that your partners would have to go through a period of mourning, just like you would, because you're mourning the body that you had, and now you have to... Because I have cerebral palsy, which means I was born with my disability, but even I go through periods of mourning with my body where something will change that I wasn't ready for. Like I like I've said on this show a bunch of times, I lost the ability to be by myself two years ago. Mm. So that was a huge shift. How, like, how, do you, how do you prepare for that? You don't. You have to just deal with it. So I, I'm still mourning that. So I think both you and your partners would go through a period of mourning and I would hope that you could both talk about it but chances are they might I mean they might leave because they they signed up for a very particular type of relationship and now this life curveball happened mm-hmm. yeah I agree and I've also thought about this in, in the flip side of it like you know what would happen if my boyfriend were to become disabled and then you know that would then it's like suddenly the way that I relate to him sexually and uh, all that would change, you know, um, and then have, like you were describing, a mourning period. And then, and I've, th- I've just thought about that in the past um, before even this conversation about like what would it be like to have a partner that, that so- this change just came in suddenly that I didn't anticipate and how would that, you know, redefine the relationship potentially. I do. I do think Chad would douche me though. So I. Could. <laughs> I mean. I think, I think Sam would douche me too. <laughs> that is true love, right there, friends. That is love, right there. I would totally. Yeah. I would totally douche him. Yeah. Aww. I mean, he, he he shits in front of me as it is and farts all the time. So I mean, like, it's not like we're in any like mystery around what what happens down there. The next kinda- the next gay rom com will be about the shitting habits of boyfriends. It took me a long time to feel comfortable doing that in front of Sam. Oh, I still, I still, I still, he does it in front of me. I haven't shit in front of him. <laughs> yeah. So you'll, you'll hit a relationship milestone when that happens together then? <laughs> yeah, if it, if it ever happens. Some, some, some mysteries I think are, are, are better kept, you know, in the realm of the unknown, but we'll see. <laughs> well, no, because it might happen that at like, and not just, not just around sex, there might be a moment where in this, you know, 
this theoretical relationship that we proposed here that where mm-hmm. both of you might need help to shit or something right. might occur where you need somebody and your person is the only one there. I I think what you're saying too, like, I mean, what's kind of feeling like it's coming up for me is like, it just kind of removes the veil of like, um, there's an illusion that everyone, it doesn't matter who you are. We live in an illusion, um, in certain kinds of ways. And, and most people wake up every day and they don't think like, this could be my last day alive, you know? Um, and maybe you have a feud going on with somebody or you being kind of shitty to somebody and, um, the illusion is always there. And I think what you're saying, like, are you around this, like, um, you know, taking a shit or not? It's like, oh, that's so awful. I wouldn't want to do that for my boyfriend or blah, blah, blah. And then here's like the reality that you're describing, you know, losing the ability to pee by yourself and like these considerations in, um, having sex and it's like a real life, consideration you don't have the luxury of being like oh i only poop in this kind of way and i only douche when i'm not seen and you know it, it like, just makes me but to put it yeah exactly to put it in context for you i shit in front of two two strangers this morning who i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> like i had to shit in front of them and be fine and be comfortable oh. with that like and you just mm-hmm. you, that's part of my day and i just you get used to it but you're never i would love for someone to be like hey andrew do you want to sit in your house for 20 minutes by yourself and shit or mm-hmm. masturbate, mm-hmm. or both. Do you want to do mm-hmm. those things alone without a person? I would love it. It'd be great. So I think mm-hmm. all of those things would shift for the both of you. I, I, but I, you know, I think you might also find a a sense of like weird mm-hmm. calm around mm-hmm. that because when you realize you can't do much for yourself, when shit happens, you kind of just go, "All right, well, that happened. I can't. I literally mm-hmm. can't do anything about it." Okay. Hmm. Yeah, to like surrender to it. I wonder I wonder too, I mean, depending on the disability, like I really enjoy my masturbation time. Um, it's something I like really look forward to. I can build it into my schedule. Um, depending on what dis- disability we're talking about, like that might no longer be uh, an option. Or, you know, if it is, it, it may be experienced in a different way. It might be me getting a, you know, a, a flesh jack and like, Attaching it somewhere. Not even and, really, because a lot of flesh stacks are not. I don't have dexterity to use a flesh stack. I can't do the pumping <laughs> motion of what if what you're supposed to do with a flesh stack. There's no way I've, mm-hmm. I, I've tried. There's no way in hell. So possibly, but let's pretend for a minute you had what you have CP, which is what I have. So you have spastic quadriplegic CP, and you have, see like the audience can't see this, but you two can see how my hands are a little bit like weird there can you am i showing that on camera yeah i can see so they're a little bit they're kind of like one of them is very claw like i'm aware of that um so they're really tight so the whole idea of like twisting a flesh jack around your dick and pumping mm-hmm. is is painful so like you could if you if you had a disability that where masturbation was even possible you could but technically with my disability i, I should be able to masturbate i can't anymore because the muscles in my hands are too painful, which is why I opted to opted and have the privilege of working with sex workers. Because when I want to get off, I know in, on X day this session is coming, and I can do that. But mm-hmm. it, like to not, and you might you might find also that you get angrier a lot and more depressed because you can't release your your you can't ha- you can't just have a jerk off session when you want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you, do you, um, do you ever try, um, I, I've seen some of the flesh jacks with, like, they have mounts that, that, that you can, um, use, again, you'd have to have, like, someone, like, set up this whole, like, apparatus in your house, but have you ever, have you ever experienced that at all or tried that? No, it's just, it's too complicated. No, it's also, yeah. like, I'm, I'm a shy, awkward wall, wallflower of a girl. You know what? <laughs> I have to say I really like being the center of attention and I think that if that were to happen to me and I had to give up masturbation I would just want hand jobs all the time <laughs> just like lean really hard into that and be like yep I just want to receive and um, I mean I really do like being the center of attention so amazing <laughs> well I mean and and if you became disabled you'd probably get a lot of let's let's go there for a second if you became disabled you'd probably get a lot of unwanted attention and a lot of ableist bullshit things people say so you let's say you Finn got got disabled tomorrow I'm mm. sure your whole friend group would shift their attention to how amazing you are and how great which is I'm sure is true but like 
they it would be done in a way that is so saccharine and so almost not true and so almost like they don't know what else to say so they're building you up when the, when what they really want to say is oh fuck you're disabled that's a big deal mm-hmm. well um to that point could you describe what happened in your like how how you've seen that happen with people before like a like just example? people like oh you're the greatest you're awesome you're so like and they'll say it in that voice like oh wow you're the what you're doing is so great and it's like okay well yes it is but like why do you have to use that voice why do you Mm -hmm. oh wow you're doing a thing good for you today like oh you went outside Mm -hmm. awesome yay and it's like okay like calm down so like they're like you're saying they're like uncomfortable maybe with um just the topic Oh yeah, and I think the experience of seeing it and really beholding it. They're so they're so uncomfortable, and I think I wish that more people, when we talk about disability, whether acquired or congenital, Mm -hmm. would be would just admit they're uncomfortable. Because if you if you admit you're uncomfortable, I then can work with you to Mm -hmm. to to figure that out. But if you pretend like it's no problem, your disability is no big deal, and then. I get, we get down to the place where I'm going to suck your dick or vice versa. And you're like, oh, wow. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can. Oh, I didn't realize you were that disabled. Like it's, it's, so I think you would, you would sense a shift in the way attention was given to you. Cause it wouldn't mm-hmm. just be for what you, it wouldn't just be for what you were doing with your brand or who you are as a person. It would be because you breathed today. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And just to il- illustrate my own ignorance, you know, like um, I've seen people in wheelchair before and I've like smiled at them and, and I have, you know, just I smile at everybody when I walk by if I'm in, in the mood for it. Um, but there have been times where I've gotten an expression back from somebody who was in a wheelchair and I felt suddenly like, oh, no, do they think I'm making this like special effort or, you know, just kind of questioning my own reaction. But I like literally, you know, smile at people, but that I just you know, it just illustrates a lack of awareness or understanding um, for me, even just having some discomfort come up. And when, when I was at LA Pride a couple years ago, there was a wheelchair user in front of me and um, the, you know, parade was going through and, and people, you know, were, were doing their whole like twirling the batons, whatever, glitter, fucking rainbows <laughs> everywhere. And someone that was in the parade came out off their flow walked over and then kissed him on top of his head and then went oh, back. Oh no. And he was like, and it's just like the level of like the patronizing, like he, and he wasn't having it. Like, obviously if someone just came over and kissed you on top of the head, like, like no, no, like no interaction other than that. Like it was just really, um, like as someone who I think I, you know, am ignorant. Uh, beyond the conversations at least Andrew that we've had and the videos that we filmed like it was it was probably the first instance where I saw something like that and like this is part of you know this guy's everyday life that he has to deal with with people pulling shit like this and mm-hmm. I don't know you just like yeah it's just <laughs> it was pretty gross and I mean you know if you were a wheelchair user you probably to go back to your point about pride you probably would would triple think about whether or not you really want to go like when I think about pride celebrations and I talked about on the show like episodes ago Mm -hmm. about my experience at pride I every pride season I get uncomfortably uneasy I don't I don't like the season I don't feel supported so every time Mm -hmm. I see like oh it's pride body season I'm like oh fuck I'm just gonna go in my hole and do my thing and keep my head down and you guys can do all that and I'll be here like hoping it's over because Mm -hmm. there's nothing for me and so if you were to be a wheelchair user at LA pride you would probably really for him to go there was probably a big deal. Yeah, I'm an introverted person to begin with, and I think mm-hmm. like if like I try to minimize the amount of human interaction that I have on a daily basis as it is. <laughs> and I think like shit like that was happening in my life, like I would get as close to being a hermit as I can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sure. But also that seems like it'd be a really isolating experience anyway. I mean I I do wonder, like, you know, what would pride be like if it were not centered around... I think, for any, for one thing, you're raising something that it's an important topic to me, just in a general sense, and that is, like, gay pride is centered around what you do with your dick and ass um, instead of, you know, like, to me, it touches something deeper, like the essence of who we are, the spiritual nature of being gay, you know, things that 
don't require mechanical demonstration, but I, I feel like to me, pride seems it's really centered around just like sexual practice. Yeah. And in that, in that sense, it really does impact someone who's not able to show up in a body in that certain way. But I, if I had my way, I would make pride more inclusive of other things besides just, and then into that, even it's just like even more narrow, even than able bodies. It's like white men with a certain kind of body is like, what's really like, <laughs> um, I feel like on the altar. Yeah. The it's the pinnacle. Like, but to your point though, I also would love to go to a pride where it was, all about dick and ass, but uh, it was all about like, hey, you're disabled and you like dick and ass? Cool, we have a spot for you. Like, I don't always want to be, like, I don't always want to look past the superficial. Uh-huh. I sometimes want to be a superficial faggot and do all the things <laughs> my group is doing, but I'm unable to. So people assume that I have this, like, deep sense of self and this, like, desire to look past. Yeah, I do. But a lot of times I want to just be slutty like the rest of my group, but I can't do that. Mm. But you can with your mouth, yeah. I mean, you're saying you're <laughs> I, can do, I mean, yes, uh, yes. My mouth is my mouth is quite versed in the things I can that it can do. <laughs> Imagine you're very skilled there. <laughs> wow, this conversation took a really sharp turn. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I am quite should, I, should, I, should I leave you guys? To re- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am I'm quite skilled there. Actually, I, I have this running joke where I say, like, I can't walk, but I sure can use my mouth. <laughs> um, so for the two of you, then, I'm curious, what about this conversation and bringing up these things? Like, what about disability? Generally, if you were to just think about it on its face, what about it scares you? Like, if you were to think about disability and think about that experience, and because you're both you're both outside of it right now, when it comes mm-hmm. for you, I will be there for you to hold your hand and things will be great. But but for now, you're mm-hmm. outside of it. Um, what about it scares you? Mm-hmm. I think I think giving up my independence. I think that's what that's what what scares me. Knowing that I'm gonna have to, I'd mm-hmm. have to rely on other people to. Um, you know, like you said, you need help peeing. Like if I, if I, I like my autonomy, I like being an independent person. Um, and so that, that shift I think would be challenging for me. And I also am a slut like who enjoys having sex on a regular basis. And, um, like if that shifted too, like that would be something that I'd really, it would scare me the challenge of having to, um, navigate that new world. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, that's a tough question. I mean, for one thing, a lot of what you're asking me is making me pro. You know, I almost need to feel like I need to process and kind of have a better answer later. But for in short, I would say one thing that scares me about it is this maybe a sense of, and then maybe this is an assumption, but like, um, like kind of a feeling of isolation. Like what you're describing, like people wouldn't suddenly people would react to me differently. I would lose my way of just being in the world and, and socially connecting with people and that like I might feel more alone and um, less able to connect with people. And I think I think that's something you would experience. But I also think for the both of you, like you, Davey, you could still have wild sex. You would just have to have it in totally different ways. And maybe, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you couldn't get fucked with the ass every single time, but you could, I mean, there are things you could do. So, yeah. Yeah. Is it the frequency of it, though, is, is, what scares, is what scares me, too. Like, you know, like, I want to have, I want to have sex on a regular basis, you know, a couple times a week, you know, but that... Rub it in, rub it in. I hate you. Uh, <laughs> no, totally. But that's, that's... I think, you know, and the, the, again, that's a lot of privilege that you have there, which I think is, which I think is totally fine. But, like, part of me is like, oh, I wish that I could have sex a couple times a week. Like, I wish that that's a thing that could happen. And I, I do, and I wish that if, I think that if there were more accessible spots in the world, that disabled mm-hmm. people could go there and probably have mm-hmm. sex at the same frequency. But because people are scared mm-hmm. and don't consider accessibility... Mm-hmm. We don't see them enough. Yeah, it, and it is a privilege to have sex a couple times a week, but it it also feels fucking great. And and mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> your question about like what scares you, I could still have awesome wild sex, but given you know our conversations about how much effort and and like mm-hmm. how it needs to be planned out and organized, like like I. St- 
still have to work and do a job and live and there's lots of other priorities too and i think like the likelihood of the likelihood of me having sex as frequently as i do now um would like that wouldn't happen you know yeah totally I, I have a question um, for you, and, and I'm curious, like, um, do you find that there's just an assumed power dynamic that men relate to you with? And, and to preface that question, you know, like, something I work with with guys is this, like, you know, dominance and submission for, you know, like, are these this particular uh, way of relating? And, and one of the templates that we've inherited that's just kind of assumed is that, like, oh, the larger man is the dominant one, or the older man is the dominant one, and the smaller one, you know, there's an, a power dynamic that's implied by certain constellations, just like your age or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I do believe that all of us have these energies within us and that they're like our natural energies. And so, you know, for instance, my partner is larger than me. So when I want to dominate him, I can't rest in like, oh, the bigger guy gets to run the show or the bigger dick gets to run the show kind of thing. I have to just kind of touch into the true dominance in myself. So I'm curious about, um, and, and I'm a very dominant person, truly. So um, in your own like sexual... <laughs> well, I, it's not why I am, but you know, like if I, if I were to rely strictly on the body, you know, he's going to win. He's like six foot something and I'm like five nine and bloody blah, blah, blah. So I'm curious about uh, how when you are with men, like how those two, those kind of ends of the spectrum show up for you and do they just naturally project onto you the submissive one? I mean, there is a power dynamic because they like, I'm seeing somebody in a couple hours and they're going to have to get me in my sling and put me in my bed and do all that. And, like, they're going to have mm-hmm. to do all that. So there is. A power dynamic that I have to submit to. Mm-hmm. I have no problem being submissive because I enjoy that a little bit mm-hmm. sexually. But I also, you know, I ha- I've had to hone my own sense of dominance and be like, no, I'm gonna, I, I want you to do this, so you're gonna do it. And that can be hard because physically I can't. So you have to project your voice. You have to um, be really firm. Which for me, I'm also an introvert. So the whole idea of like being in a commanding role is like, what the fuck is this? I don't know how to do this. No, mm-hmm. so it does take me a minute to get comfortable dominating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there's a quote by Dossie Easton. She's a um, the author of The Ethical Slut, and she says, like, the most um, powerful tool that you have is your presence. And so I think if you're just to, like, be looking at a man and could really just peer into him, you could be quite dominant. I mean, I get, like, a Dom vibe from you. I mean, I know how to give smoldering sex face. Not when I'm on, well, not when I'm on camera with Davy because um, when I'm on camera with Davy I laugh the whole time and can't focus. But <laughs> but uh, thanks. It's true. You saw me at that shoot we did. I so yeah. So but no. But I it, when I'm when I feel comfortable and safe, I can give a really oh. dominant vibe because when I'm having sex with a dude, this is my time to be to not be touched by my attendant care workers, to not be touched by strangers, like. This is why I really appreciate the, and the privilege that I have to work with sex workers because in those two hours that I built with them over time and we have a trust level and a comfort level, I get to be as slutty and as dominant or as submissive as I want to be and I don't have to worry about, oh no, is this grand hookup going to care? I don't have to worry about that because the transactions have been made and it's mm-hmm. comfortable now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would think that like like Finn, as you are a very dominant person, and like if if through your day to day basis, like if you're in a wheelchair and you're relying on attendance, and like if you feel like you can't express that, that mm-hmm. through sex would be one of the really powerful vehicles to do. It. I mean, you look at like a dominatrix, right? Like mm-hmm. she's probably physically smaller than a lot of mm-hmm. the guys that she might be working with, but it's not mm-hmm. about it's not about the size or right. You know, it's it, it's about yeah that presence and and being able to be commanding and i think that would probably feel really good to to be able to strike more of that balance through the the sex you're having mm-hmm. it totally does it totally yeah mm. flex uh, those um those those dom dom muscles yeah that's a that's a total that's a video if, if you haven't done it already you should make that one mm. That's actually a really good video idea. Yeah, like yeah. having a guy in a chair, like commanding, you know, his like slutty hookup to do this and that for him. And hey, mm-hmm. man, you know my deets. Let me know. Uh, <laughs> so I, I want to ask one of the last questions of this whole kind of series that I'm doing. What about this question makes you confront your own ableism? And what when I when you when I pose this to you, 
aside from like your first thoughts, did did it make you think about your own ableism at all, or has this conversation? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's just, like I was saying, like it's just assumed we live in kind of an illusion. It's like I'm not if I'm not thinking about what would happen if I lost all these things. I just kind of like go through life with the concerns of one who has an able body and the things that that I'm thinking about, you know? Yeah. And this introduces well, just, a lot of other potentials that I haven't really deeply felt into. Yeah, and, and, and my own ableism in that when you asked the question, it was a question I hadn't even considered, right? Like, Which that, is why I love, I love bringing it to all the guests that I've asked to do it because they're like, wow, I never thought about it. Okay, like, all right. And they really like chew on it for a while and then I get to hear, like part of what I enjoyed about this conversation is that you're both, like you both liked to chat about it and you know, where you were comfortable, but there was there were moments of like, oh, there's discomfort there, and I'm not sure how to get around that. But I'm gonna here's why, like that discomfort is important because I don't, I think we don't sit in that enough, and we mm-hmm. don't marinate in oh, disability makes me feel uncomfortable. So is there anything about the idea of being disabled other than that you couldn't get fucked up the ass and you couldn't, you know, do certain things? Is there any anything about that that makes you both uncomfortable? I mean, aside from sex, yeah, I think it represents, like, uh, to me, uh, I think uh, it's like a loss of an identity, which is a, that's can be a very painful thing. Yeah, totally. But also, what I would suggest there is that you would both gain a community, mm-hmm. like, you would, like, you would both gain, because the disability community, if you spend any time on Twitter, I highly recommend looking at disability Twitter, because that's where all the activists go to do all disability-related stuff. You would build a community around your queerness and disability that the mainstream queer community doesn't allow for right now. Mm. Just my thought. Um, Davey, do you have any words to say? Hmm. Uh, Well, actually, so, Andrew, you know, we worked on um, a video for Himorose TV uh, that came out, what, I think back in January, maybe? Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm actually later today uploading it to Pornhub, the the full length video. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, because it's been on Himros now behind the paywall for you know a couple months. So I I really do want more people to see it, and um and I think it's gonna have I think it'll make quite the splash. So <laughs> I'll send you the link later today. Awesome. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um. So do you have any other thoughts on what have you became disabled tomorrow? Either of you? Um, yeah, I, I, I like what Finn said about not knowing what you don't know. And uh, even through this conversation over the last 45 minutes, there's a lot that's come up for me where it's like, oh, yeah, I hadn't, hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about that. So, like, I suspect what we're talking about now is, is probably, like, 1% of what I would encounter and, and, and what I would feel. Uh, I think there's probably so much still, just the tip of the iceberg, there's so much more that, mm-hmm. that I still don't know and haven't even considered um, and ways that, that um, I would, my life would change or that I would change, grow or evolve or shift. Things would be different as a, as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like, um, I think with any kind of life change, one of the initial things that people really experience heavily is a resistance to what's happening in the moment and like what is real. So I think however long it took me, if I were to become disabled, um, to move through the resistance into just a total yes, um, and that's where I'm at and now I'm going to go forward with my life, um, how I can, um, then it'd be like, you know, starting again and, and just rebuilding who I am. Awesome. That's. I mean, and I think that's that rebuilding. Whether you're disabled or not, the idea of rebuilding ourselves is mm-hmm. something we should always strive to do. So whether mm-hmm. we're talking about becoming disabled tomorrow or not, the idea that you're so open to rebuilding is so key. Because I think queer men in our community get stuck in these aesthetics and this idea of what queerness is supposed to be. They go to the same club every Friday. They fuck the same dudes every few weeks, or they fuck different dudes but at the same place in the same style with the same thing so this idea that you have to rebuild should be Mm -hmm. something that disabled people can teach non-disabled queer people that you have to rebuild you have to Mm -hmm. adapt and that should be something that maybe 
you and I can talk off this podcast about putting that in your practice now. Mm. And and like waking up tomorrow and and needing a, this hypothetical situation and and being in a chair like that's a that's a big abrupt sudden change, but like the reality is we're all experiencing changes all the time and you know some of them mm-hmm. are happening on a slower scale. For example, like just as simply as like getting older, mm-hmm. and and how your identity has to shift as a as a gay man and and that life as a as a 50 or 60 year old gay man is going to be different than it was when you were 20 and and how that what that identity is and and how you rebuild yourself as a an older gay man and you know mm-hmm. it, it does it happens in, in different ways all the time for 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 different people i think to your point about you know the differences between 20 and 60 i think for me yes but also no because i've been dealing with the things that people are afraid of at 60 since mm-hmm. i was like five so this whole, one of the benefits of being disabled, this whole fear of like, oh no, I'm going to be old and I'm going to need a wheelchair. For me, that's like, ha, I, that already happened, so no big deal, like whatever. Like, so, so me, the queer me at 60 might be more akin to me now than when I'm 60. You know, does that make sense? There won't mm-hmm. be a huge like emotional shift to needing more because I've needed stuff since I was five. Well, mm-hmm. before I was five, obviously, but since I was young. Yeah, yeah, but there's but there's also like other changes. Like you're you're also like a handsome man. Like you have a, a face that society would like judge as like handsome. And both and of you when are you're, flirting with me. I feel so like oh, my heart's a flutter. And when you're mm-hmm. sixty, you're going to be handsome, but in a different way, and in a way that maybe you know you don't necessarily get the message from society as the, like there's you know there's a different your sexiness will be expressed differently. <laughs> And and uh, and you know that's a that's a change that 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 you'll have to experience and and, and, and wrestle with. Um, so I, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, um, but I think there's there's kind of other other aspects too. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. Um, this was great, and I really appreciate that mm-hmm. you sat down with me and wanted. To, oh, the last question that I was thinking as you were talking <laughs> um, before I forget. So from this conversation, do you think that this conversation? will change the way you interact with disabled people going forward at all? It does make, well, I'll have to say, it makes me kind of question myself even further. You know, it's like, once we know a little bit, it's like, oh, now I know a little bit and I thought I knew and now I'm open to the idea that I I know even less than I thought, so I don't want to fuck up. And (laughs) My advice to you there is be ready to fuck up, fuck Mm -hmm. up, and then you know, fix it if you can. Mm-hmm. Just keep like a humility and just be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and if you fuck, like, mm-hmm. if you fuck up, just be aware. And also be aware, be aware that you're an ableist and I'm an ableist and Davey's an ableist. We're all ableists. That's all. It's all mm-hmm. in us. So when it mm-hmm. when it shows up, it doesn't mean you're a bad person that you've like broken some mm-hmm. rule. It just means you have right. to interrogate that. Yeah. True. Yeah. For me, definitely. Uh, like re-energizes me around creating content that features uh, models with disabilities. Um, uh, hey. I think like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so I mean, it definitely re-energizes that for me and, uh, and think about ways to, to do that in future content. Awesome. Um, how can people get a hold of you both? Google me, David Wavy, D-A-V-E-Y-W-A-V-E-Y, uh, or just check out himeros.tv. It's H-I-M-E-R-O-S dot TV. It's like porn, but, <laughs> but better. <laughs> uh, you can go to my website, findeerhart.com, F-I-N-N-D-E-R-H-A-R-T.com. And I will make sure that all of these things are in the show notes. Finn Deerhart and Davey Wavy, thank you so much for coming on today and, and tackling the question. What would happen if you became disabled tomorrow on Disability After Dark? You guys are great, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, friends. That's another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. My name is, of course, Andrew Gerza, and thank you so much for listening and helping the show go. I really appreciate that you all listen and that you come back every week, and I love doing it, and I love shining a bright light on these topics, so thank you. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to www.andrewgerza.com where you'll find my writings, 
some cool videos I've been in, and you'll see where I've been talking, where I've been doing talks, and if you want to hire me to talk, you can do so there as well. If you want to follow me on the social media, you can put in all my handles on Insta, Twitter, and Facebook at TheAndrewGerza. If you want to follow the podcast specifically, you can follow us on Twitter at DisAftDarkPod or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DisabilityAfterDark. This show is a completely independent production. I literally record the show here in my bedroom in Toronto, and that's awesome. So if you want to support this fully independent program, you can head over to Patreon.com slash DisabilityAfterDark, and you can pledge $1 a month to get the show early and get really cool perks like that, and I, I will give you a shout-out on the air, and thank you for your support. It would be super awesome if you could also leave a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast so that this show, all about sexuality and disability, something we don't talk about enough, can get more traction and more people can hear about the show. Lastly, if you want to be a part of Disability After Dark, you can submit your suggestions, story ideas, or your minisodes to our email inbox, disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, we'll be back next time, right here on the program Shining a Bright Light on Sex and Disability, Disability After Dark. New episodes of Disability After Dark will be available every Thursday on your favorite podcast app. Also available to Patreon subscribers one day early on every Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations with music by Chris Ujiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2019.